Al-Bayan Radio presents an explanation of Kitab al-Iman from Sahih Muslim presented by Sheikh Muhammad Duar. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihuda. Amma ba'd. My dear brothers and sisters, we continue with the sharh of Kitab al-Iman, the explanation of Kitab al-Iman from Sahih Muslim. And tonight we begin with the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu who narrated that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said I have been commanded to fight against the people until they testify to la ilaha illallah and he who testifies to it is guaranteed the protection of his property and his life on my behalf except out of haqq and his affairs are with Allah. And the hadith that follows it also narrated by Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said I have been commanded to fight the people until they testify to la ilaha illallah and believe in me. And believe in me that I am the messenger from the Lord and in all that I have brought. And they believe in everything that I brought. And when they do that, their blood and their wealth are guaranteed protection on my behalf except where it is justified by law and their affairs rest with Allah. Then we take the next hadith which is narrated by the Sahabi Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhu because these three hadiths, my brothers, they are continuous. They're the same hadith. Jabir radiallahu anhu narrated that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I have been commanded to fight against the people until they testify to la ilaha illallah. And when they do so, their blood and their wealth are guaranteed protection on my behalf, except where it is justified by law, and their affairs rest with Allah. And their affairs rest with Allah Azza wa Jal. And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam recited the ayah لَسْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ بُمُسَيْطِرٍ You are not a uh, controller over them, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi or a يعني, guardian over them. But these hadiths, my brothers and sisters, they are like the previous hadiths we covered last week. And in these narrations, it teaches us that with the shahadatain, with the shahada of La ilaha illallah and Muhammad Rasulullah, the person must also believe in everything which the Prophet ﷺ came with. Because that was mentioned in one of these hadiths. Whoever testifies to La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, and believes in me and everything that I brought. But this shows the conditions of Islam. It is not enough to say La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah if you do not believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being the last messenger of Allah and also believing in everything that he brought. 
everything that he brought from Allah Azza wa Jal. Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as Allah said about him, لا ينطق عن الهوى He does not speak from his whims and his desires. إن هو إلا وحي يوحى It is only a revelation revealed to him. So part of believing in Allah and believing in the Prophet ﷺ is you must believe in everything that the Prophet ﷺ came with and to believe that everything the Prophet ﷺ spoke is the truth. And there is no falsehood and there is no room for doubt in anything that came from Muhammad ﷺ. The hadith also teaches that whoever denies or rejects the obligation of something which is clearly known to be from Islam is a murtad. They leave Islam by consensus of the scholars. Whoever denies or rejects something that is clear from the deen, like the salah or the zakat or hajj or fasting, anything that is clearly to be from the religion, anyone that denies or rejects it, leaves the fold of Islam even if they say La ilaha illallah and Muhammad Rasulullah. The hadith also teaches that the true path of Tawheed is to affirm the shahadatain. The true path of Tawheed, oneness of Allah, is to affirm the testimony of faith of La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, and to believe in everything that the Prophet ﷺ came with, and that is your salvation. This is how you're saved. That's how you're saved in the dunya and the akhirah. And that meaning, the belief in the shahadatain and acting upon them, and the belief in everything that Muhammad ﷺ came with, that is what protects you as a Muslim in your blood and your wealth and your honor from every Muslim. But it is the Tawheed and the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal that protects the Muslim in Islam. Then we have the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said I have been commanded to fight against the people until they testify that there is no Lord worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger. And they establish the prayer and pay the zakah. And if they do that, their blood and their property are guaranteed protection on my behalf, except when justified by law. And their affairs rest with Allah. So this is the same hadith, my brothers and sisters. As you can see, a number of sahaba have narrated the same hadith. Abu Hurairah has narrated it. Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhu has narrated it. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, has also narrated it. In this narration of Abdullah ibn Umar, he says in it, establish the prayer and pay zakat. So on top of the shahadatain, in this wording of the hadith, the salah and the zakat have been added. And the hadith teaches us that the group, any group that rejects the salah or the zakat, then it becomes obligatory on the imam of the Muslims to fight them. As Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu did towards those who denied the zakat. Those who denied and rejected the zakat. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he sent armies out against them. 
We also benefit from this hadith, the importance of the salah and the zakah, since they were specified. It shows the importance of these two worships, the salah and the zakah. And many times in the Quran, Allah Azza wa Jal, He speaks about the salah and the zakah. Yeah? Many times Allah combined the two in the ayat in the Quran. And this is also proof that actions are from Iman. Actions are from Iman. Because the Prophet ﷺ did not limit things to saying the shahada. He mentioned the shahada and he mentioned the salah and he mentioned the zakat. To show that Iman consists of actions as well. We also have the hadith of Abu Malik. Abu Malik, radiallahu anhu, he said, I heard Rasulullah say, He who says la ilaha illallah and denies everything which the people worship besides Allah, he who says la ilaha illallah and denies everything that the people worship besides Allah, his property and his blood become haram and their affairs rest with Allah. Similar hadith to the previous. In this one, he mentions whoever says La ilaha illallah and disbelieves in all other false gods. In another narration, Abu Malik said, the Prophet says, he who held the belief of unity of Allah, man wahhad Allah, and then he mentioned the same hadith. And disbelieves in false gods. So this hadith, my brothers and sisters, it's narrated by a companion. His kunya is Abu Malik. His kunya is Abu Malik. His actual name is Sa'ad ibn Tariq. Okay? Sa'ad ibn Tariq, he is from the thiqat. Thiqat means the trustworthy narrators of hadith. If a narrator of hadith if the scholars say he is thiqah, that means he's trustworthy. That means his hadith is accepted. They give him the tick, the green light. Anytime he narrates a hadith, his hadith is accepted. This man, Abu Malik, he's from the thiqat. And he passed away approximately 140 hijri. His father is the companion. So Abu Tariq, or Abu Malik, Afwan. Abu Malik, Sa'ad ibn Tariq, he's considered what? If his father's the companion, then he's what? Tabi'i, excellent. He's from the Tabi'in. His father, his name is Tariq ibn Ashyam al-Ashja'i, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. So the father Tariq, he was a companion. And he actually narrated a number of hadiths. But Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, said about the companion Tariq, he said no one narrated from him except his son. Now, subhanallah, he was a companion that did not teach many people. But his hadiths are preserved. This is one of them. And the only one that we have collected to have narrated from him is his son, Abu Malik. And that shows you the beauty of Islam. That sometimes the hadith reaches us from one person. The son narrating of his father. 
radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. These hadiths are also like the previous hadiths, except that they also have in them where he said, denial in everything worshipped besides Allah. Because my brothers and sisters, you cannot be a Muslim or Islam is not only about worshipping Allah. That is the large portion of Islam, yes, that you worship Allah alone. But part of Islam is that you disbelieve in all other false gods. You cannot be a Muslim unless you do that. Even the Shahada in itself does that. If you think about the Shahada that you say, what's the first statement of the Shahada? La ilaha, it's a denial. La ilaha, there is no Lord worthy of worship. So here you have disbelieved in all the gods. And then your statement, illallah, except Allah. No Lord is worthy of worship except Allah. So the actual shahada, you cannot have it unless you disbelieve in all false gods. And you must disbelieve in all the gods that are worshipped other than Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah, He says, فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ وَيُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى Allah Azza wa Jal says, Whoever disbelieves in taghut, and taghut is everything that is worshipped besides Allah, and being satisfied and pleased with being worshipped. Okay? Allah Azza wa Jal says, Whoever disbelieves in taghut and believes in Allah, so in this very verse, Allah mentions disbelieving in Taghut before believing in Allah. Because that's how the Shahada is. Denying, then affirming. Negating, and then affirming. And that's what Islam is about. We deny all false gods, and then we affirm worship for the one true God, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is Islam. So the hadith teaches us, my brothers and sisters, that the one who says the shahada, it does not benefit him until he also disbelieves in everything else. A person cannot say, La ilaha illallah. A person can't say he's a Muslim, but then accept and acknowledge and approve the worship of others. He can't. It's like me saying, La ilaha illallah. But it's okay to worship the cow for the Hindus. Or it's okay to worship Buddha for the Buddhists. Or it's okay to be an atheist. Or it's okay to worship Isa the son of Maryam alayhi salam. This contradicts your religion. But pure Islam is disbelieving in all the false gods and then believing in Allah Azza wa Jal, the one true God. So whoever does not disbelieve in the other gods, in the false gods, he is not a Muslim. Even if he says, La ilaha illallah. Even if he claims to worship Allah. It's not enough. We must disbelieve in all false gods and deities that are worshipped besides Allah Azza wa Jal. The great Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, he said, the meaning of kufr bit-taghut, he said the meaning 
of disbelieving in Tarot is that you disassociate from everything which is believed other than Allah. From the jinn, humans, trees, stones, or other than that. And to testify and bear witness to its kufr and misguidance. This is what kufr bit-taghut means. To disbelieve in false gods means you disassociate yourself from them and their worship. And you also testify to their falsehood and you bear witness to their corruption. This is tabarru. This is disassociating yourself from false deities. He says, as for the one, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahab rahimahullah continues. He says, as for the one who says, La ilaha illallah, but I do not oppose the shrines on the graves and those that are worshipped besides Allah, then he is a liar in his statement of La ilaha illallah. And he is not to be believed and he has not believed in Allah, nor has he disbelieved in Taghut. In other words, the one who approves and does not reject the worship of false deities, whether it's a human, a jinn, whether it's a grave of a saint or whatever it is. Whoever does not reject that has not believed in Allah and has not disbelieved in Taghut, which is what is required as a Muslim. The Imam then moves on to a new chapter, and inshallah this chapter we will cover in our next lesson, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, wallahu a'lam, wa sallallahu wa sallam, wa barak ala nabina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.